Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. family, one of the things that we like to do is we like to dork out to riddles, okay? During, during the COVID and during the shutdown and all of that, one thing I would do every day is I'd post riddles on the fridge. And if you know me well enough, I dork out to riddles. I love them. And uh, anyway, uh, I, I've shared this one with my kids before, and I'll see if you get it. And so I want you to shout out the answer only if you know it. If you don't know it, don't guess, okay? All right, so only if you know it for sure. Right, some of you have heard this riddle before, but here it is. So you're driving a bus, okay? And you make the first stop, ready? A little math riddle for you. You pick up 15 kids. You go to your second stop. You pick up 18. You go to your third stop. You pick up the quarter of what would four would be. And then you divide it by 16. You go to the fifth stop. You add another 125. And then the last one, you divide half is what you picked up. And then you drop them off at the fifth station. So you finally pull into the bus station. And what I want to ask is, and this is the riddle, is what, only yell it if you know it, what is the color of the bus driver's eyes? Okay, so I'm going to give you a clue, give you another shot. So you're driving a bus. Moving on. If you didn't get it now, there's no help for you, all right? So, so here... So here's the deal. We love riddles. We dork out to them. We, we, I get what you just did. Oh, my kids do that to me all the time. My wife even did that to, in pre-service prayer this morning. She rolled her eyes at me with her eyes shut. I didn't even know that was a thing, and she did it. So I have a very gifted woman I am married to. It, rem, it reminds me, though, that riddle reminds me of this illustration. And, and it's this illustration. There's an older gentleman and his son, and they have a donkey. And they're traveling from city to city. This is not a true story, by the way. And so they are, they're, they're starting, you know... Their journey, and they get to the first city, and all the townspeople were like, dude, you are elderly, you need to ride on a donkey, I can't believe you're not doing that. So he's like, alright, so he gets on the donkey, he rides to the second town, he gets to the second town, and, and everybody's there, it's like, you're making your son walk, and you're riding the donkey? Are you kidding me? And so he's like, you're right, you're right. So he switches, he puts his son up on the donkey, he gets off the donkey, they get to the third town, they look, and they're like, why are you guys wasting this donkey's life? You both should be riding the donkey, not just one of you. Why are you doing this? So the older guy's like, alright. So they both get onto the donkey and they finally get into the fourth town and they get to the fourth town and they stop and the p- townspeople are just mad. We can't believe that this older man and this son are into animal cruelty. Just can't believe it. And so here, here's what I want to paint a picture of. This is a false story, but I want you to see today in this caught up part two, we're going to jump into First Thessalonians chapter 2. So if you have a Bible or an app, grab it. Uh, otherwise we'll put it on the screen for you. Is this. I think so often in life, so often, we are looking constantly for the affirmation, the approval of others. We want to please them. We want to do well. We want to make sure we got everything figured out and just perfect. And so we get caught up in doing what others think. You know, you look at this older guy. I know it's a false story or fake story, but here he is in the first town. He's not doing it right. Second town, he's not doing it right. Third town, he's not doing it right. Fourth town, he's not doing it right. All of us here, all, if there's a hundred of us here, all of us would have a different opinion about what would be right in that situation. And so for the older gentleman, for him, he's got to do what he believes is right in his eyes, no, in God's eyes. That's where we get into a big mess today, is because we look to ourselves rather than to God. But I think we've all been guilty of this from time to time. 
Okay? How many of you have ever asked your spouse or somebody else how you look? And how many of you on the other side lied? (laughs) Why? Because that affirmation is really, really key to us. We want to know. Honey, do I look weird in this shirt? You know? Honey, do I look weird in these pants? Does this, do these pants make my butt look big? Like, honey, what, like, we ask those questions all the time because we're looking for that affirmation. We're looking for that approval. And what I want to share with you today in this is that I think sometimes we, we, we do it because not only do we want the affirmation, but we also want everybody else to be okay. Well, welcome to 2020. It doesn't work, okay? It never has. It's been an illusion. And I can tell you, in our marriage, this is an illusion. Neither one of us can please each other. In fact, I don't believe that's the you know relationship, both intimate-wise and both the way that a relationship works. You know, I'll give you a great example of ours. Is Many of you know we were supposed to be on our 20-year anniversary last July, headed on an airplane to Hawaii. And with the way the world is, that didn't happen. And, and I thought, man, where's the greatest place I can bring my wife because I want to please her. And so I'm showing her all these different things that we're going to do in Maui and Kauai. And I'm like, look at this. And I'm thinking, this is going to be awesome. It's going to be great. You're going to love this. In fact, my wife is, is she does, she's very frugal, doesn't like to spend a lot of money. I'm like, look at this. We've got some great deals on these VRBOs and all of this. And it's going to be phenomenal. And, and then COVID happened. And I'm like, man, i got to come up with plan B. How do you, how do you replace a 20-year anniversary in Maui with something? What do, you, what do you replace that with? You know? I mean, Des Moines? I, I, I don't know. Like, okay, hopefully not. But, but I'm going, I, I don't know what to do here. If you're from Des Moines, I'm, I'm sorry. That, that illustration's true. And, and so I, I'm like, what do we do? And, and so we decide, her family, uh, they have a cabin up north. And I said, let's just go up there. It's, it's free, you know, first of all. And we just have to bring food. And so we go up there and I think, I just want to serve my wife. When I asked her to marry me 20 years ago, I said, I just, I'm here to serve you and, and never have a selfish thought in my life. Huh? And, uh, and 20 years later, here we are and we're up at the, the cabin and, and we're enjoying such a romantic time together. We get up there and it's like 100 degrees, which it never is. And so I stole the air conditioner from church here and I brought it up. And so I put the, it's the air conditioner that's back in the K5 room and I set it up in the living room thinking, all right, this will be good. Well, the next morning we wake up and the air conditioner has a little plug on it that when I transferred it from here to up north came out. And so I wake up in the morning and there's water everywhere. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. And so I thought I would be a really nice guy. And I would clean it for my wife. Well, there was water. I so, you know, sopped up the water and then there was some discoloration. And so I decided to grab... You ever use spray and shout? Do you know a little goes a long way? I, I didn't. And so I'm like, I want to please my wife. And so I go over and I start... I, start, I, I probably sprayed it. I'm not kidding. Probably 25 to 75 times. Okay? And so for the next three hours on our anniversary, my wife is looking at me like, God, I love him in spite of who he is. Help me not kill him. And she keeps sopping up all of this spray and shout. So finally we get done with that and we're thinking, okay, we're good. We worked through that. We played some games. We had, you know, we went fishing and all that. And then we're sitting on the couch. And, and there's this couch and there's a window behind it. And so we decide to sit. And I'm just like, I just want to sit with my wife. I want to snuggle as a hub, husband with no alternative agenda. If you're not married, you have no idea what I'm talking about. And, and so 
That's funny, okay? You guys are like, <laughs> none of you would be here if it wasn't for sex, just going to say. So we're, we're sitting there, and, and we've got the window behind us, and I'm just like, I just want to enjoy our time, man. And, and we're sitting there, and we're just, we're just holding hands, and it's really nice, and it's just, it's just so wonderful, and all of a sudden, boom, 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 boom. And I thought, like, World War III was happening. I, I thought we were going to die. Boom, 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 boom. And, like, literally, not only could I hear the bullet, I could feel it whiz by, like, the window. And I'm like, get down! I'm, like, holding my wife and whispering her, happy anniversary, I love you so... And, I'm, I, and we're like, what is going on? I look out, and here is, you know, it's, it's my wife's cousin. Nephew, he's related somehow, and and he's out just like shooting stuff. I don't even know what he's shooting. He's, bah, bah, bah. It looks like you know Elmer Fudd just going at it. And I'm like, stay down until he's done. I don't know if they're coming this way or that way or which way. That was our anniversary. <laughs> I wanted to please her. You know what? My wife is so easy to please. She's so content. Sometimes to the point, drives me nuts. Like, what do you want, honey? Oh, anything you give me will be fine. And usually that's true, unless it's where we eat at and I choose White Castle. Let's go to Thessalonians. Here we go. Chapter 2. I'm going to give you a lot of scripture. I'm going to fly through it because I really want to get to the points of what Paul's talking about. If you missed the setup to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, go back, listen to last week. Here it is. We're going to read the first seven verses. i got big chunks coming at you. You know, brothers and sisters, that our visit to you was not without results. We had previously suffered and been treated outrageously in Philippi, as you know. But with the help of our God, we dared to tell you his gospel in the face of strong opposition. In other words, it wasn't pleasing anybody. For the appeal we make does not spring from error or impure motives, nor are we trying to trick you. On the contrary, we speak as those approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. We're not trying to please people, but God, who tests our hearts. Love that. You know we never used flattery, nor did we put on a mask to cover up greed. No pun intended today. God is our witness. We were not looking for praise from people, not from you or anyone else. We were not looking for praise from people, not from you or anyone else. Even though as apostles of Christ, we could have asserted our authority, instead we were like young children among you. Just a little context here. The Apostle Paul, he wrote this. Paul... Paul was basically coming to them and they were going, we want to know your credentials. Are you, are you like worthy to share this information with us? Because they're going, we know you killed Christians. We know back in Philippi, you were imprisoned, you were flogged, yet you're telling us about this grace? You're telling us about Christ? How? How can you do it? And he goes, you know what? I, I don't have to please you. I don't have to tell you who, on whose authority. It's Christ alone, not on yours, that I'm here. And so he's basically saying, I have full authority as an apostle of Christ to share this, okay? Not please people, but God. He's talking about being approved by God. In fact, if you're reading the King James or the the New Living Translation, I have the NIV, it says in there, approval by God. And the reason, I kind of like that better than the NIV, is the reason it's there in that phrasing is during that day, the army that was coming together from that town, they wanted to make sure that the people were approved to go into this military. So in other words, Paul's using a, a form of speech It's a play on words saying, you know what? If you want to be good enough in God's army, you just need to accept Christ. You don't need the approval of man or anything else. 
I think a lot of us, not all of us, some of us are on the opposite end where we, we roll people over because we don't even care what they think. We're all at different spots, and that's just as problematic. We want to find the pendulum right in the middle doing what God has intended for you and me to do. Many of us, though, we want the affirmation or the approval of others constantly. Why? Because we're hungry for it. That's how we were created. We were created to be affirmed beings. We were created to be affirmed, to be encouraged, to be lifted up. We were not created to be torn down, to be despised, to be underneath somebody. That's not how we were created. You know, at the end here he says, instead we we were like young children among you. And the idea here in the scripture is like this. It's like a mom with their child. The child goes to the mom and the mom nurtures the child. It's the same understanding. I, I think of it like this. You know, you think about this mom. How many of you have a mom that you know would just do anything for you? Anybody have that, like that mom? Okay, some of you have that mom. That mom drives me nuts, but that's what Paul's talking about. Your mom could be missing a limb, be shot five times in the heart, and when she's serving you Thanksgiving dinner, you know what she asks? Honey, are you still hungry? Do you want some more honey? And she just starts shoving peas in your throat. Like, that's your mom. You know? How, how many have that mom? I, you know, before my mom passed, it was like, oh, you look thin, honey. You need some more food. Like, no, I don't, mom. Like, everything my mom made had cream in it, okay? I'm, I'm this, right here is living proof of that, all right? This is my cream pouch, all right? That's, that's my stomach. That sounds so disgusting, sir. <laughs> if you're watching Facebook Live, just beat past that part. You don't want to hear that. All right, so, so here it is. But I think, I think what happens is what God is saying is he wants to be that nurturer to us. So stop looking for it in other places places because you're not going to find it. Galatians 1.10, one of the things that Paul writes here, put it on the screen for you. Am I not trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I wouldn't be a servant of Christ. I love that. I love that. If we're tra- We can't serve both. You can serve people or God. You can serve God through serving people, but you can't serve both. So let me just ask you a couple things. Let's find out where you're at. And by the way, if you answer no to any of these, then you probably run over people. So figure out where you're at in this, alright? We're all at different places. Do you agree or disagree? Are these true or false statements for you? I am much more content when those around me like me. I usually ask others' opinions before I make a decision for myself. Talking to somebody right now. If someone shows disapproval of a decision I've made, I may change my mind. I do not like to make waves or rock the boat. Oh, not me. I often put others' needs before my own. I allow others to take advantage of my kindness. I avoid conflict at all costs. You live in St. Francis, Minnesota. That's probably 90% of us in this room. I feel guilty when I take care of myself. Or, last one here, I stay in unsatisfying relationships too long. Now, if you don't have any, pray that God shows you to have a heart for people because maybe you're just like, I'm just done with people. Or on the flip side, if you're going, man, half of those are me, then you're probably looking for affirmation at the wrong spot. And so I would encourage you this morning and through this week to find that affirmation in someone else. You know, are you more content with those around you that are like you? I think God wants you to be content with you in Him. Can I hear a good amen? You with me? Are you with me so far? All right. Do you ask other people before you make a decision for yourself? Sometimes that's okay, but it can become an addiction over and over. And let me just say this. If you're asking others' opinion about you and your worth and your value, well, God already answered that. He answered your, His opinion of you when you see a picture of Christ crucified. Put a price tag on your value. I don't know anything higher 
That's, that's our worth. He defined our worth. Okay? If someone shows disapproval of a decision you've made, you might change your mind. Can I just say God honors faith? Even when you make a decision that's wrong, I believe God honors it. Even when you're like, in faith, Lord, this is what I believe I'm supposed to do. God honors that more than the decision itself. Think about it just for a moment. I don't like to make waves or rock the boats. Church, we're called to shake things up in this world. Hate to break it to you, alright? Welcome to being a Christ follower. I often put others' needs before my own. That's fine if it's self-sacrifice, but do not let self-sacrifice become self-neglect. Otherwise, we get back into that cycle needing that affirmation. I allow others to take advantage of my kindness. Don't do it for others. Do unto others for God, okay? I avoid conflict. God has a biblical example of conflict in the book of Matthew chapter 8. It's wonderful. Start You got a problem with somebody? Go to them or put it on what's happening in St. Francis' site on Facebook. I, I feel guilty when I take care of myself. Here's the deal. Love what God loves. That's you. Time to get over yourself. Realize that you're getting in the way more than anything else in your relationship with Him, seeing Him purely as He sees you. Why stay in unsatisfying relationships too long? See, all the needs that you are looking for someone else to fulfill, Jesus already did. It's done. Well, then what's the purpose of relationship? To glorify Him. That's it. I can't think of any, any other reason we have relationships in life. We're to glorify Him. Well, what about my needs? Jesus already has your needs. Okay? Somebody will let you down. Whether it's a spouse, whether it's a son, whether it's a daughter, whether it's a mom, whether it's a parent, whether it's a friend, whether it's a teacher, whether it's a pastor. Sometime, someday, someone's going to let you down. So where are you getting that approval from? Let's read on. Here we go. Um, actually, i got one quote for you I'm going to put up there before I read on. My bad. If you, and just write this down. Some of you need this. If you live for people's acceptance, you will die from their rejection. If you live for people's acceptance, you will die from their rejection. It'll happen eventually. So don't find your worth and your value there. Now let's read on. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. i got five verses coming at you. I'm going to give them to you as quick as I can. Just as a nursing mother cares for her children, we just talked about, so we cared for you because we loved you so much. We were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Surely you remember, brothers and sisters, talking to everybody, our toil, our hardship. We work night and day in order to not be a burden to anyone while we preach the gospel to you. You are a witness, and so is God, of how holy, righteous, and blameless we were among you who believed. For you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children. Encouraging, comforting, that's what a father's to be. If you didn't have that, man, seek forgiveness. Forgive, forgive, because this is the true father. Encouraging, comforting, and urging us to live lives worthy of God. Who calls you into his kingdom and glory. See, that's what, that's what a worthy life looks like. Urging us to have that worthy life. It's not doing enough. It's not being enough. It's just accepting that it's already done. It's there. Accepting Christ and what He thinks about you. It's one of the hardest things theologically to teach because it's like teaching something that should already be innate in you. Watchman Nee says a quote and he says, trying to abide in Christ, it's one of my favorite quotes recently, is like looking for the room, looking for a, lock, a key to the lock for the room that you're already in. That's what it is. You're looking for a room that you're already in. In other words, you don't have to do something. You don't have to... Well, if, if, I'm, if I get to that next level of my faith, then I can abide and then I can, and then I can please God. Then I'll be enough. No, you are enough. 
You are enough. Okay? Your worth is not determined by people's approval of you. Well, I haven't gone through membership class yet. I don't care. God doesn't care about membership. Well, I haven't been baptized yet. I haven't been baptized in the Spirit. I don't, I don't experience spiritual gifts. I don't, I don't. You know what? God, God says, I still love you. He's not looking at that going, well, well, here's the next level, this next step. Settle on your best instincts to live your faith and then move forward without questioning every single move. Okay? Over-analysis of your faith walk, over-analysis will lead to paralysis. Alright, here we go. Moving on. Alright, thir- verses 13 through 16. I know it's a lot of scripture. Stay with me. And we also thank God continually because when you received the word of God which you heard from us, you accepted it, not as a human word, but as it actually is, the word of God, which is indeed at work in you who believe. We're on to verse 14. If you're with me, say yeah. Got a lot of scripture bringing it at you. For you, brothers and sisters, became imitators. We talked about that last week. Only people Paul talked about being imitators of him. Imitators of God's churches in Judea, which are in Christ Jesus. You suffered from your own people the same things those churches suffered from the Jews, who killed the Lord Jesus and the prophets and also drove us out. They displease God and are hostile to everyone in their effort to keep us from speaking to the Gentiles so that they may be saved. In this way, they always heap up their sins to the limit. The wrath of God has come upon them at last. How do we displease God? That's what he's talking about here. The Jews that he's talking about that killed Christ here, what he's saying, he's not blaming all the Jewish people, he's just talking about a group of them during that day that were accused of crucifying Christ. Displease God. They didn't go after God's will. They were going after political agendas in that day. Now I know the Bible's not relevant and there's no political agendas in 2020 or today, but hopefully you can find some relevance here biblically this morning. <clears throat> a little, little too, too real there or what? All right. What does displeasing look like? What does it look like? It looks like when we don't accept the value that God has already put on us. Realize every time that basically we're calling ourselves God if we say I'm not worthy or I'm not valued because he's put that price tag on us. Let me read the last three verses here. First Thessalonians chapter 2, it's the last four, 17 through 20. But, brothers and sisters, when we were orphaned by being separated from you for a short time, in person, not in thought, I love that, out of our intense longing, we made every effort to see you. During COVID, we're making every effort as a church. For we wanted to come to you, certainly I, Paul, did again and again, but Satan blocked our way. For what is our hope, our joy, or the crown in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when He comes? When we talk about that, that's the serious caught up. That's what it's all about. Is it not you? Indeed, you are our glory and joy. I love that. Man, I could write the same thing about you. And I know we, a lot of you have gone through hell the last six months. A lot of you have gone through just, just time and we're trying to figure it all out. We still are. And I want to I talk to that in just a minute. But I don't believe that the war we're facing is against the person we disagree with or the politician we voted for or didn't vote for. I, I believe firmly in what Paul is saying right here that it's Satan. It's a war for your soul and my soul every day that we don't see. Okay? I think we're seeing it more now today than we ever have before. Not how we know we're closer to being caught up. If you, if you weren't here last week, caught up is the Greek uh, definition of rapture. It's the same word in the Greek. And so we're talking about how do we hold on? How do we not give up? 
before the end and the return. And I'm not here to give you dates. I'm not here to, to say all that. I'm here to say we're closer than before. Paul told the Thessalonians that Jesus was coming back soon. Well, that was a long time ago. So I think it's a lot sooner today. And that's one of the beliefs we have is that Christ will return. So what do we do in the meantime? We accept Him. We realize His value for us. We please Him, not anyone else. I want to go to the Old Testament just for a moment and kind of tie all this together. In Isaiah chapter 53, verse 3, it says, He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised, and we held him in low esteem. Okay. You don't have to be a Christian a long time to even know what this verse is talking about. It's talking about one person who came to die for all of us. And so on the count of three, what's his name? One, two, three. Okay, so it's real simple, alright? Now, ready for this? Okay, I get, I get really nerdy when I do BS, Bible study. Okay, I, I get really nerdy, alright? I love Bible study. If, if you've been to Bible study with me, I love digging into the Word and I like looking at this. In what way is this verse talking about Jesus? Can we put it back up for one second? He was despised and rejected by mankind. A man of suffering familiar with pain, like one from whom people hide their faces. He was despised, and we held him in low esteem. Now let me ask you a question that's going to blow your mind this morning, even if you've been a Christian forever, because it blew mine. Is this talking about Jesus when he first came to earth, or is it talking about when he comes again? I'll let you know next week. Or do you want to know right now? I believe it's both. So you have throughout the Old Testament writings, Isaiah is known as one of the major prophets. And in these major prophet writings in the Old Testament, you have what's known multiple times as dual prophecy in the Bible. And so there's times where you can have a prophecy, literally it could be about both. Alright, so I tricked you. It, it can, there's a good chance this is about both. When you read it, will you go back to that scripture? despised and rejected by mankind. When he comes back, in the book of Revelation it says people will still not believe. So they'll still just tower. They, they won't accept it. Even, even if they watch Christ return. And for me I'm going, are you, are you like that arrogant? Like what, where? Like are you that independent that we can't see that Jesus is real? Like it just bugs the snot out of me like we were talking about in Bible study last year. But with it, Man of suffering, familiar with pain. That was Jesus. That's talking about the cross for sure. Like one from whom people hide their faces. He was despised and he was held in home in low esteem. There's still going to be people. There's still going to be people in the end days that will not accept. But they know they can't look at him. Because the moment we do, we find out our value and he's pleased with us where we're at. And we have that choice. We have that choice. Alright. Let me ask you this. If Jesus was rejected well on earth... What makes any of us think we're above him? Sucks to be rejected. No one likes being rejected. No one likes not being affirmed. But it happens all the time. People can reject or judge you, but you can still permit yourself to be uniquely you. Okay? Let's, can, we just, can we just be real for a moment? There are people on this planet that don't like you. <laughs> but, but, but in the same, you don't like everybody. Come on, I know all the conversations I've had you in private in my office. I know what happens behind those closed doors. You know who you are. It's all of us. 
Can you be true to your purpose even if it comes at the cost of disagreement and discomfort? Just be real with you for a moment. Being a pastor during these last few months has been one of the most insane, crazy things I've ever seen. There's been times of tears, of you know, tears of, man, what is happening? How do I lead this thing? There's been a lot more time on my knees probably than ever before in my life. I've had people leave the church because they didn't agree with how I've handled COVID. Got people mad at me because I said stupid mask. It is a stupid mask. Even if we wear it, you know, we're, we're trying to listen to our governor. We're trying to be respectful. I haven't heard him say stupid mask. A lot of pastor friends of mine in the last few months have closed their doors. Churches, 30% from March to today, 30% of all churches in America have gone away. 30% of all Christians in every church no longer attend. And you might say, well, that's who's watching online. They're not. People that stay in church that can't be there are the ones watching online. We reflect that in our church. And I tell you as a pastor, it like takes my heart out, wrenches it. So we've tried, we've reached out, we've sent emails and texts and messages and we've called and we've knocked on doors and, and, and all of that. And what I realized is it's not my job to chase after that person. It's God's. And here's the deal. My desire is to please Him. Okay? My desire is for you, but I can't want that more for you than anyone else. You know, the last two weeks, I, I, we've had two people, uh, one closely associated to our, our church, passed away from COVID. So I've seen it. It's real. It scares me. And some people say, well, they're older. Well, I think their value and worth is just the same as somebody who's two years old or in the womb. Be real? Like, are you okay? Is this too real? Are you okay? Or am I making you uncomfortable? I don't care what you think, but I'm just asking. So, it's a test. All right. I'm not looking for applause for this next statement. I'm not looking for affirmation. I just want you to just hear me for a moment, okay? So just, just listen. I know we're a loud church, and I love it. I want to be a loud church, but I just need us not to be loud for just a moment here. Canceling this tree lighting thing broke me. I hate not doing it because we're meant to be in this community. And the other thing I hate, my hate list, I hate, with a capital H, with a big eight, online church. I hate it. And here's why. We're going to do the best we can with what we have we can only do so much with Century Stink, CenturyLink here. So we can have the fanciest equipment, the best soundboard, all of that. Megan and I were talking, still our worship sounds like crap online. We're, we're trying to do the best we can. And we can get all bent to shape. You know, when you put on Stephen Furtick and Elevation Worship and you're like, holy cow! But that's not what we're called to do. We're called to be in this community. So we want to be what our vision is and what we're called to do. And here's the deal. I believe, and this is this is just Chris. You don't have to. I'm not asking you to post this or whatever. I believe, and this is the reason I don't like online church. Now, granted, it's a great tool that can be used if used correctly, but it's become an excuse for people not to do life together. I believe it's the enemy's greatest tool in the church right now, and it's breaking my heart because we need each other. A lot of you, I, I see during the week. Sometimes we just Sunday morning. Sometimes at Bible study. We need this. We need this. 
and just, I just want to thank you, okay, for being here. Like today, you're taking a risk, you know. Some of you are, some of you are like, I'm going to wear masks. Some of you maybe have issues and you're not. And, and I just want to say you're welcome here. We want to meet you where, where you want to be met. Thank you for, for being here. I know some of you who are watching online right now, let me just talk to you. Those of you watching on Facebook right now or YouTube, is this. Use it as a tool, but not as an excuse not to do church with us. We miss you and we love you and you're a part of this. And so those that have tuned in because you can't be here and, and all of us that are here today, I just want to say thank you because it blesses my heart to do life together. I don't have all the answers. I don't have it all figured out. I'm not the greatest Bible scholar in the world. We're looking for a worship leader to come and lead our team like to keep in prayer with all that. But we get to do life together. We get to learn about God together. We get to be a blessing to this community together. You see, those who care least about others' approval and most about living your authentic Christian life will find joy. How much do you care about it? That's what I want. See, your satisfaction should come from your relationship from Him, not from the praise of people. You know, this last week, I uh, talked to a lot of people on our, our school board and our, in our school district, man. And I'll tell you what, it is a tough time. I would not... Being a teacher or being somebody who works in the district or somebody who leads the district or a school board member, it's been tough. No matter what they do, they're going to tick off somebody or some of us even. And so here's what I'm going to ask you as a church to do. Be gracious to them, even if they do something you 100% disagree with. Let's pray for them. Let's pray for our leaders. Because they're going through something no one has ever gone through before, or at least 100 years. And so let's be Christ with skin on to them. And so here's what I'm going to ask. Today, rather than us praying for our needs, let's pray for theirs. Can we do that? Let's do that. And then we'll pray for you. And uh, we're going to get out of here. And some of you are going home to watch football. Some of you are going home to hang with family. Some of you are not watching football. I just want you to be blessed. I want you to have a good day. But I want you, more than anything else, right now, just, just look at me right here. Okay? I can't see all of you with your eyes with our lights. But please know that I love you. I'm here for you no matter what. I want to do life, okay? And if there's anything you ever need, if there's any prayer requests you ever have, please don't ever hesitate to ask, okay? Be praying for us as we try to lead this thing. But just as Paul said, we're here because Christ is here. And so we're going to continue to serve him. Let's pray. God, I thank you this morning that you value every person that can hear my voice. Thank you for loving us in such a powerful way. Thank you for that price tag that you put on us. I can't imagine what it's like to give up a son. Yet you did. And much of the world still doesn't believe. Which means you're not done with us yet. Lord, help us share your story. And right now through prayer, God, not through, not through word, but would you, Lord lead our school board. I know they have an emergency meeting tomorrow at 7 a.m. in St. Francis. Would you be with our school superintendent? Would you be with the, the teachers, the principals, the custodians, the lunch ladies and men and, and the bus drivers and all? And Lord, I know they're trying to make things work. And, and, and God, I, we could probably guess the inevitable, but yet you're still in charge. And we just ask, Lord, if it, if it goes to online or whatever it might be, God, that us that represent the Bridge Church, but more importantly represent you with our words, our actions, and our demonstration would be done in love. 
Help us, Lord, love those that we disagree with. Help us, God, be the church that you've called us to be. Never watering down the gospel, but displaying it more than ever before through our lives. God, I pray you bless every single person here today and in this week to come. May you meet them right where they need to be met. If they're looking for affirmation in others, I pray that they would see your affirming call. God, if there's people here that are just like, I don't even care what others think, on that other side, God, would you just give them a compassion? Would would you give them eyes to see like you have, Jesus? You meet us where we need to be met. Thank you for your word. Thank you for this church in Thessalonica that we get to live by. We get to imitate. Thank you for their example and thank you for this time together that we just get to come. We get to come to worship and to learn about you and to be encouraged to live our life daily. God, we thank you and we praise you. We all said together, amen. Come on, one more time. Amen, amen. Come on, let's give him some praise this morning. Come on. Love you, Jesus. This has been a podcast of the Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.